entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. History is such a important part of life. If you don't know history, you really don't know anything. And it's it's amazing to me how many people don't know any history, um, but then they don't also know current history. People that are making history right now. We are in this weird time where we have access to all information and yet we're using all of that time and all of those resources to laugh at people in TikTok videos. It's bizarre. Brad Meltzer, one of the best guys I know on history, is joining us in 60 seconds. Now, let me tell you, there's a huge gap between the world our kids live in, uh, where, you know, you have to do everything for them and they just think it's magic. Wait, that costs money? Yes, and it has your entire life. Anyway, they have to take care of themselves and it is our job to get them there. And the only way to get them there is to teach them work ethic and also how to be an entrepreneur. Now, maybe they don't want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe they're, you know, part of the, the you know group of people that are so important that don't want to run their own business. They just want to work for somebody else. But we need entrepreneurs as well, and no one is teaching that. So how are you bridging the gap? Right now, books are are a thing of the past, too. But the Tuttle Twins books are so important because they not only teach you the basics of America and our founding, but this book I want to tell you about today, the uh, Tuttle Twins and their spectacular show business, will teach your kids all about what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what what it takes to start your own company, to run a company. It's really good, very simple for kids to understand, except honestly a lot of us adults will learn stuff from to get them for your kids now you'll get this book for free all you pay for is shipping just get this book ask him for it for free tuttletwinsbeck.com that's tuttletwinsbeck.com go there now my good friend brad Meltzer. how are you sir i am so good my friend and so happy to hear your voice so, did you get Superman's cape in the latest auction? And Wait, don't tell me you didn't know one? about it. Don't tell me there was another one. Oh. So, which I did not know. Wait, I should have called the you. Dark one. Um, <sighs> yes, it was. It was. Um, it was from the. Oh, I can't remember which Superman it was from, but it would. I should have called you. I should have called you. I just thought you were on top of it, seeing that you were bidding against me for the Superman outfit for our uh, collection in our museum. I thought you'd be on top of this one. Ugh. I, the funny thing is, next time I, I promise you, I'll call story. you. I appreciate that. And I told my wife the story that you and I were the last two bidders. And it really was the two of us bidding against the Superman cape. And I think the thing that she laughed at the most is she just laughed at the fact that the two of us, and by two of us, I mean you, could have saved so much money if we just spoke to each other the day before. And she was laughing because <laughs> we get along so well. She just was laughing I know. So hard All we had to do is call. Well, I was, 
I wanted to get it as a surprise so when you came in, I could show you and you could put on the cape because you're such a huge Superman fan. By the way, I, we're going to get to what you want to talk about here in a second. But I watched, um, oh, shoot, what was the, the movie? Uh, Hollywoodland. Have you seen that? Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet because I, I never, was it good? No, but, it, you know, it came out about, I don't know, eight years ago or something. But it was on the death of George Reeves, which I knew nothing about. He played the original TV Superman. And it takes place at that point. And this kid, uh, his son, is just crushed because Superman apparently killed himself. And the kids back then, I didn't know this. And I can't imagine psychologically what that did to kids to see Superman die at his own hand. Yeah, I, you know, I knew the story, but the issue was, and, and, and this is just my issue always, is I can't stand the way Hollywood delivers history. I know that whatever I'm watching, right, from, from JFK the movie, when Oliver Stone said, you know what, I don't like how I the know. government report on it, so I'm, I'm going to put things in there that aren't true to counterbalance what I think is our other truths that were out there. I just refused to take my history from Hollywood, and, and that was the only reason I never saw it. But I'm obsessed with the story, of course. Well, that's why that's why I'm asking you about it, because I, I thought this the one thing the movie did well is it presented like three or four different ways he could have died. And all of them seemed logical, and it left you with no answer at the end. Uh, and oh, I, I, like I wonder, I like do we that. ever I have like an that. answer yeah, I, I did like too. I did too. Say, Except, if, if do just, we have an just, answer? They, I don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, can you quickly tell us the story of of him? So, if anybody doesn't know, uh, the George Reeves story. Yeah. You know what? I, I read it years and years ago. The story that I was more obsessed with, I actually don't know it that, that well. The, sto- the story that I, and I know, of course, that, you know, people think he died and he killed himself and the whole story. But the story that I was obsessed with, and you know my obsession with this one, was the one that dated back even further, which was, and we were the ones who uncovered this one because his relatives told me the story, is that Jerry Siegel, who was the, the creator of Superman, the, the actual writer, that all the years he created Superman, when they said, where'd you get Superman from? The one piece that he left out of the story was that his father died in a robbery. And days later is when he created a bulletproof man. And, and the father had a heart attack during a robbery. A guy came in and said he was going to rob him. Uh. The guy his father had a heart attack. But I'm like, you're telling me that the reason we have America has Superman, it's not just because America is the greatest country on earth. But it's because the little boy lost his father. He created a bulletproof man after his dad was involved in a robbery. And that was my obsession. So everything that kind of goes. Oh, that's great. Almost they seem bigger than life. So do you know, I hate to change the subject again. Do you know, I'm painting a, um, I was painting a painting of um, Theodore Roosevelt. And as I'm painting these people, I'm learning as much as I can about them. And Bob Kane uh, is said to have based, possibly, based Batman off of the life, the early life of of uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Had you ever heard that? I don't think that one's true. I mean, I know I've heard it's out there, 
the Bob Kane story, when you look at the creation of Batman, is full of more uh, mistruths. It's almost like an, a fictional story itself. You know, he, Bob Kane even said that he created Batman. He left out the part that it was Bill Finger, who was the person who came right. up with all the kind of great stuff you have. Bob Kane originally had like a purple costume and, and red costume, and it was Bill Kane who said, I mean, it was uh, Bill Finger who said, you know what, let's give him this, uh, this you know, make it gray. We'll give him the things on the gloves. We'll give him the back. Hit. We'll uh, give him Gotham City. We'll give him Bruce Wayne. And, and so the story, there was even a story that Bob Kane based the cape on Leonardo da Vinci's flying device, that that's where Batman's cape came from. And it was wow. a story that I actually believed for, oh, that's I cool. believed it for some time, but it's not true either. That's the thing. It's just not believed to be true. Huh. Okay, let me talk to you about uh, I Am Dolly Parton. If you don't know Brad Meltzer, he's got his own TV show. He's like a, I mean, he's a megastar. We go someplace together and everybody's like, are you Brad Meltzer? Hey, you, get away from him. I, are you Brad Meltzer? Um, he's, uh, he's written an I Am series uh, that is so needed. All of these books for our kids of of heroes. And one of them that you're releasing now today is I Am Dolly Parton. She was just inducted into the Hall of Fame and she, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She didn't want. She said, "No, please don't. I'm that's that's not my genre. I, sh- I don't deserve to be in here." Um, a lot of people uh, agree with her, but when when groups like Foreigner aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, why was Dolly Parton there? Because Dolly Parton is the only person left on the planet we all love. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just <laughs> at this point. <laughs> at this point, it's like Betty White and was Dolly Parton, and everyone else we disagree on, right? I mean, it's the one thing America agrees yeah. on, and they and listen, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs Dolly Parton more than Dolly Parton needs the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So she had an amazing childhood um, that I, d- I didn't know anything about. And I think we're losing this part of America. These these kinds of people are really important. The people that, you know, grew up in a family that were, you know, paid with a, you know, a, a bag of cornmeal after a hard day's work. Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, you know what I love and, you know, we started these this book series to give my kids better heroes to look up to. I was tired of them looking at the garbage are being fed every day on Instagram and social media influencers and overpaid millionaire athletes. So we started with, I'm Amelia Earhart and I am Abraham Lincoln. We've done, I am Rosa Parks. And, you know, I've talked at length about them, but Dolly Parton, what I love. And in every book we do in the I am series is these are illustrated kids books to show you how human these people are. So when Dolly Parton's born, her family is so poor. Her dad pays the doctor, as you said, with a sack of cornmeal, it's her mother who feeds her love of books. And one of Dolly Parton's favorite first books is The Little Engine That Could. And that's who Dolly Parton is. She's that little engine. Instead of wearing what others want her to wear, Hmm. she says, I'm going to wear flashy costumes. Instead of singing country songs, she's like, I'm singing to all audiences. Instead of being a music star, she makes movies, her own amusement park. She starts her own charity, Imagination Library, that gives away free books to poor kids. You know what the first book they gave away, Glenn? The Little Engine That Could. Hmm. Wow. And, and, and that's the thing so is, you know, we, we do need you our, meet these. Need our kids. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. We're on such a bad time no. delay because of satellites. Um, no, all good. All good. Do you meet these people I... as your as? <laughs> go ahead. 
Stu. Yes, no, I'll answer your question. Yes, of course. I. You know, what I do is when we did I Am Jane Goodall, Jane Goodall, of course, checked the book for us. When we did I Am Billie Jean King, Billie Jean King spent two hours on the phone with me correcting little details in, in her I Am book. Um, but this one was Dolly Parton. I was like, don't mess this up, man. So we sent it to her. We sent it to the folks at the Imagination Library. They couldn't have been nicer. She, in fact, was one of the people It came back that she wanted us to feature the doctor who delivered her even more. She just remembered those people who gave her her first shot. Um, and I love the fact that mm. even, even behind the scenes, she was as nice as you think in terms of everyone that worked with her. It was incredible. Uh, you're also doing I am uh, I am I am pay, which we were holding a meeting, I think, last week about having you on. And I said, what are the books that he's releasing? And he's and they said, I am uh, I am pay. And I said, oh, that's great. And everybody looked at me like I've never even heard of this person. It's a really important architect. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I, I want to just finish one thought on Dolly Parton because I think it's important, is, cause, and it goes to IMP as, as well, and I love you for that, is you know, what they both simplify for me is that creative spirit that we want to give our kids. And, and for me, for Dolly Parton, the message that's in I Am Dolly Parton is success doesn't come easy. When she's little, her mother makes her a patchwork coat out of scraps of fabric. She's really proud of it. She goes to wear it to school, and everyone says it's ugly. She's so poor, mm. it's a Christmas story that's in the book, it shows her family having no money for Christmas because her dad wants to buy her mom a proper ring. And Dolly Parton doesn't complain about it. She's like, I'm so happy my mom got a new ring. It's okay. We don't have the presents we wanted this year. I need my kids to know that lesson. And that's the secret of Dolly Parton is when she was little, she didn't feel like she belonged. She felt different. She felt lonely. Where she was from, people didn't dream of seeing the world, but she wanted to know what was on the other side of the mountain. And she dreamed that butterflies would fly mm. her there. And that's a lesson I want for my kids that, being a dreamer is a good thing. You never know where your dreams will take you. I Am Dolly Parton is a book that is there to give your kids that dream back. And, and as you said, I Am Pei is the great architect who redid the Louvre in Paris. And one of the things we did when we did his book, and my kids gave me, they were laughing so hard because they were saying, I Am, I Am Pei. They're like, why don't you just call it I Am Pei? And, uh, and one of the things that they did hmm. was... We, we knew that this was going to be a book about perspective. It's an architect teaching your kids, like Dolly Parton, to see the world differently. And we actually put in the book, in radio it doesn't work as well, but if we were together, if you, when you open the book, you'll see in your copy, and you, I know you've seen it, is there's a pop-up book. The Louvre pops up in the book. So the entire book mm. is like changes your perspective of how to see the world. And I love the fact we get to give your kids that lesson that your life is something beautiful. And I'll, I'll read you the final lines of the book. It says, your, the, your future is yours to construct brick by brick. You can design it, shape it. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, 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 wait. Let me, because I have this, I, I highlighted this page. I want to read it from the right place. Like in the gardens of my youth, life is not a straight path. It curves and it zigzags, filled with surprises that are meant to be explored and discovered. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Your future is yours to construct brick by brick. You can design it, shape it, and build something beautiful, build something meaningful, build something that expresses who you are. That's fantastic, Brad. Fantastic. I, you know, I love the fact that the line I started reading was the line you picked out from the book. It just shows that, you know, why we're taking mm -hmm. the same tape. But, but I mean, those, that's why that message 
in that book, like the message at the end of I Am Dolly Parton, is, is me talking to my kids. And it's me saying to my kids, yeah. your feet, all that garbage that you see in schools, around, in, in playgrounds, especially on Instagram, you've got to realize that these aren't history lessons that we need to be teaching our kids. What we need to teach our kids and what these, the I Am series has always been about, the Ordinary People Change World series has always been about, it's about values bringing back those great yep. values that our kids need of kindness and generosity and, and just never, ever stopping perseverance. Brad, Brad Meltzer, he is uh, the author of I Am Dolly Parton and I Am I Am Pay for Your Kids. Your kids will love it. You will too. BradMeltzer.com. Brad, thank you. We'll talk again soon. God bless. Our sponsor this half hour is My Pillow. You know, we laugh um, on this program about stuff like this sometimes uh but i actually do uh take both fashion and comfort seriously yeah believe it or not i work i work at this oh my wife looks at me every day what are you wearing what are you uh i don't endorse products that i don't like and i don't use if it's something that i can't use because it's feminine hygiene how dare you say i couldn't use a product I will make sure that the people in my life use it and like it. Uh, but this one I use all the time. And Mike Lindell, my pillow, he's got the sheets, my pillow, and the slippers. They are great. It took him over two years to come up with a way to make these my slippers so they're really comfortable and you could wear them outside you can wear them inside and your feet will will not feel the fatigue from it they are so great you're gonna love them for a limited time you can save 90 bucks on a pair of my slippers save 90 dollars right now log on to mypillow.com click on the radio listener specials button use the promo code beck and receive this limited time offer the slippers come with a one-year guarantee and a 60-day money-back warranty uh, or guarantee and the other one was a warranty whatever mypillow.com use the promo code back or call 800-966-3117 mypillow.com 10 seconds station id um i wanted to tell brad because he would be so excited to hear this um I am starting my own series of children's books. Mine will be for young adult, for young adults. His are for kids. Uh, we're going to take it a step further. We're going to go for young adult. Uh, anybody who read the you know Harry Potter uh, thing, it can be a, enjoyed by young adults and adults as well. But telling the great heroes. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more to uh, report on an announcement of the book and when it will be coming out either later this year or early next year. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, today we are taking questions just from Blaze TV subscribers, um, and it's it's happening on the live stream chat during the radio today and tomorrow. Um, you can ask me anything, uh, questions for me, for the show, whatever, and then I'm going to answer a lot of these on the Friday exclusive, only on Blaze TV. We want to thank you so much for being a subscriber. Um, we want to do some extra nice things for you um, because we really appreciate it and look at you like you are family uh, because many, many of you are. You've been with me uh, longer than some of my kids. But anyway, 
Blaze TV. If you would like to subscribe, you can subscri- subscribe now. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. And use the promo code Bidenflation. One word, Bidenflation, because uh, right now this is your last chance to get the double discount on the Blaze TV uh, to offset the uh, double amount of what you're paying in stores for everything now. Bidenflation, that's good for today, tomorrow, maybe Friday, but do it now. And you can participate in the, the questions on the Blaze TV live stream chat during the radio show today and tomorrow. You can get all those questions out and I will answer them on Friday. Bidenflation, blazetv.com slash Glenn. The Glenn Back Program. You know what the easiest thing in the world to do is? <clears throat> when you're faced with something difficult, give up. I mean, that is easy, right? Just give up. Walk away from the problem. Pretend it doesn't exist. Okay, it doesn't solve the problem. It usually makes it worse. And when it comes to pain, I will tell you that's what I was about to do because I thought I had tried everything to get rid of pain. Uh, And my wife finally said to me, you haven't tried everything. Why won't you try Relief Factor? And I said, because it's advertising. You know, it's people like me saying it. Well, you know, what do they know? And she's like, really? So you don't advertise the things you believe in? And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll try it. So I tried it because I wasn't I wasn't the spokesperson at that point. I said no, because I didn't believe it would work. I started taking it. I took it for uh, three weeks, just like they say. And uh, I actually told my wife three weeks into it, I don't think this stuff is working. So I stopped taking it. And boy, did I learn my lesson. It was slowly reducing my pain. And now I'm, you know, 95 to 99 percent pain free all of the time. It is uh, relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Call them 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Oh, this is uh, this is great. <clears throat> so let me give you the update on uh, guns, and uh, and just proof positive how out of touch the elite is. This is from the New York Times. Supreme Court is expected to rule and possibly overturn a century-old law that allows local officials great discretion over who can carry a handgun. Um, it, it, it tells a story every weekday morning in a nondescript office building in downtown Manhattan. Representatives from dozens of law enforcement agencies meet to discuss gun arrests and shootings in New York City from the day before. Already this year, the New York Police Department has recovered more than 3,000 guns. Well, or were those legally registered guns? What kind of guns? Don't you think that's important to know? Were these handguns that were purchased legally, and then how were they used? Were they used by the people that purchased them legally? Um, so they're they're talking about how the Supreme Court is coming out here in the next couple of weeks uh, with a case that they heard back in November, and they're expected to turn this over, and it would have massive con- consequences all over the country for for states like California and uh, New York. So one of the guys, the president of the nonprofit Citizens Crime Commission, is quoted in the New York Times. Now, I want you to listen to this. 
A lot more people are going out now and they want to go out and get guns and all for the wrong reasons. Okay, Richard Aborn, I tried to think before I read on, what are the wrong reasons? Well, the only wrong reason I can think of is you wanted to rob somebody. You wanted to kill somebody. You wanted to intimidate someone. That's the wrong reason for buying a gun, correct? No, uh, and not to him. He said, I have people telling me now they decided to get a gun that I never dreamed would go out and get a gun. They're not going to use it illegally, but they're feeling this need to arm themselves because of crime in a way I've not seen before. That's not a wrong reason to get a gun. That is the reason to get a gun. That is the reason, as stated in the Second Amendment, a right for your self-defense from not only criminals, but an out-of-control state or, or fed. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it true, too, Glenn, that if you were if you really cared about this issue and you believed guns, more guns in the hands of people are the real problem here causing the violence... The last thing in the world you would do is bring up a obviously doomed effort to try to repeal uh, the AR or get rid of the AR-15 or try to change the age of firearms or whatever, whatever crazy thing they're going to reach for and ask for a vote. Gathering more attention right on these bills makes people mm-hmm. go out and buy guns because they know that th- they're being yep. threatened. So. If you actually, if you actually believe these things and you knew, obviously, that this was not going to work, why would you want to draw all attention to it? You might want to go around the, the margins and say, maybe we're going to talk about some version of whatever it is, red flag laws or something like that. But if, when, you, when they reach like this, you saw the president of the United States say he basically wanted to get rid of nine millimeter ammunition, right? Like this is a... a oh, no. It go, wait, wait. <laughs> Wait, I've got another story. Have you heard the story from uh, New York on what Kathy Hochul has uh, has done? She's the governor now of New York. Mm. She yesterday uh, signed in, I think, nine or ten bills that have now just been passed that she recommended. They've all been approved by the Democratic lawmakers for New York. They're raising the age of semi-automatic weapons so no 18-year-old, as she says, can walk in after having their birthday cake and buy an, an, a semi-automatic weapon. Um, okay, so that's one. Senate Bill S-9458 is the name of the bill. Uh, no one previously, no one over, uh, no one under 16 uh, could buy and possess a long gun ranging from a shotgun to a rifle. Now it's 21. But hey, at 18, you can go and sign up to kill people in other countries, you know, with a gun. Weapon of war, mm. just want to say. Yeah. Huh. yeah this uh, is a, then we, fascinating. Then we have. We're both so gun shy right now. We just don't want to talk because of the satellite delay. Uh, Then we have Senate Bill ninety four zero seven B, which prevents citizens from purchasing body armor and bulletproof vests. Senate Bill ninety four fifty six changes that. Now listen to this: changes the definition of a firearm to include, and I quote, 
any other weapon that is otherwise not otherwise defined containing any component that provides housing or a structure designed to hold or integrate any fire control component that is designed to or may readily be converted to expel a projectile by action of explosive. They're calling this the any other weapon bill. Wow. Okay. That's good. Then they're also enacting micro stamping technology requiring the bullets to be micro stamped with identifying information unique to the gun, the source gun. Um, This will bypass ballistic tests. It'll also make your ammunition more expensive in any other state. These gun companies should just say, we're not going to, you know what, New York, we're not going to do it. It's like uh, the gasoline. The reason why everybody's paying so much is because we're all going on the California blend right now. uh, And uh, it's just jacking up prices everywhere. I think these refineries should say, you know what, California, you're going to be on the the battery anyway. Uh, So we're just not going to make your special blend anymore. The rest of the country, you know, doesn't mind having a little gas from time to time. Then they also in New York established a task force on social media and violent extremism. Oh, that's going to be good. That's I mean, sure. I'm sure they're not going to look into that New York uh, Muslim compound that we talked about years ago that was housing all kinds of radicals. And they were like, what radicals? I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? Muslim town. That doesn't exist. I mean, it was nuts. But. This one, they're all over. It really is a fascinating dynamic when you look at the entire debate here, because the left is pushing for new gun laws. Okay, we know they want to restrict Second Amendment. They know we know they want to take guns away. But let's just say let's go down this road for a second and let's pass all of these restrictions on guns. Okay, so now we have a bunch of new gun laws. What do you need to do with gun laws for them to be theoretically successful? You need to enforce them now to enforce them what you need are police which the left wants to get rid of and so let's just say for some reason they skip that one of their core those that one of the you know of their core beliefs and say okay fine we're going to have lots of new police to enforce all these new laws who is disproportionately going to be affected by all of these gun laws who do you think is going to be in let's say a city maybe uh, attached to a gang uh, attached to a criminal enterprise in an in a city environment who are the people we uh, are going to get uh, who are going to get the bulk of all of these new uh, gun convictions it's going to wind up following uh, falling on people uh, of that are poor that are in inner cities that may be people of color and what you'll see from the left then is to tell us why there is this prison or this school to prison pipeline where all of these young African Americans are being put in prison for all of these laws. And obviously, if you follow the Ibram Kendi, you know, Robin D'Angelo white fragility mindset, any law that results in disproportionate uh, affectation of African Americans or any other person of color is inherently racist. So all of these laws that they're wanting to pass are going to wind up Mm -hmm. by their own definition to be racist, and yet they're still pushing them anyway. 
Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's what they do. I'm convinced that progressives have been racist and, and, and have just hit it very well. They've been racist since the early 20th century. Um, and I just think they've hit it very well uh, and not hiding it very well, really. I mean, if you would just stop, if African-Americans would stop and look what the policies have done to their families, to their jobs and everything else, you might understand who the real racist is. By the way, the president has said, who would use it? You don't need an AR-15 to protect yourself. Let me give you this. A uh, eight-month pregnant woman had to defend her then 11-year-old daughter and herself and her injured husband during a violent home invasion in Lithia, Florida. Her husband, Jeremy King, was being pistol-whipped and kicked in the head by two masked burglars. Uh, she, uh, she said, quote, them guys came in with two normal pistols and my AR stopped it. She said, um, uh, the husband said my wife, even the playing field and kept them from killing me. They came in heavily hooded and masks. As soon as they had got to the back door and got it open, they had their pistol on me. I was grabbing my 11-year-old daughter. I'm telling them I have nothing for you. And they said, give me everything you got. And then it became real violent, real fast. The burglars who wore masks and hoods pistol whipped and repeatedly bashed King in the head. Uh, he had drawn a, a weapon on them. They quickly took it away from him. Uh, and uh, and that's when she, who was in the back uh, bedroom, uh, poked her head out. One of the burglars shot at her. And so she got a uh, she got an AR-15 uh, from the bedroom and uh, shot them. So that was the end of that. Mm. But other than that, I can't imagine or who would use an AR-15 to protect themselves in their homes. And here's the thing about a right. The whole point of having a right is that you don't have to justify its use every single time. You have to do the opposite of that. You have to talk people out of why they uh, might not be able to own an AR-15. You know, they keep asking this question, why would you need to use an AR-15? I don't have to explain it to you. I have a right to defend myself. The same reason why I don't have to explain why I use sarcasm. You might think sarcasm is completely unnecessary, but we have freedom of speech and I can use it if I want to use it. I don't have to justify it to you because it's a right. That's the whole point of having rights. All right, let me tell you about Goldline. You um, have the right to protect yourself, and may I recommend you protect yourself and your family by not becoming an economic slave. Please hear me. I, I hope people can hear the urgency in my voice in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, Jamie Dimon has come out. Now, he's the CEO of J.P. Morgan. He came out and he said, brace yourself for an economic hurricane. Now, I think he actually soft peddled this because this is not something that you you come out with. He's like, you know, it might be a light hurricane, but it could be Katrina. I think he only said it could be a light hurricane because he didn't want all the investors uh, to panic and he didn't want a run on the banks. It's a hurricane. And bracing yourself is not the best option. You have to prepare. You have to get ready for the storm. And, uh, and it's not by holding your, uh, holding your breath and closing your eyes. 
you got to kick it into high gear because that storm, the clouds are already on the horizon and they, it is coming ashore. And I think it will be here by September, October. It's not going to be good and it's going to last for a long time. Gold and silver have saved portfolios for hundreds of years. They've acted as a hedge against insanity for thousands of years. Goldline is offering a special incentive to get started or add to your self-directed IRA, 401k, your thrift savings plan, your Roth, traditional IRA, all of that. And if you call them today, you can find out how to earn 6% in promotional medals just for being proactive and making a decision that matters today. So... Complete the self-directed IRA application, and you're going to receive at no cost one of my brand new one-ounce silver Benjamin Franklin rounds delivered directly to you. These are great, great silver, uh, one-ounce silver coins. Uh, you can call Goldline today. The number is 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Do it now. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today. And never miss a moment of truth. Hey, Stu. Blaze has a new um, a new quiz out, and it's. I think this one is actually hard. I had a hard time answering these. I'm just getting the results here. Um, Let's, um, wow, I got five out of five. I did not expect that. Did not expect it. Um, so here are the questions. Take the, take the question, take the, uh, uh, quiz here mm-hmm. and you can get this at blaze, uh, blaze.com slash quiz. Biden blames Putin and the Russian invasion for Ukraine for the inflation in the United States, especially as it relates to food and energy. But when did the price spikes of fertilizer and diesel begin? Was it right after Putin invaded? Was it March through July 2021 or June 2020? Hmm. Answer. Certainly before, uh, I would say maybe June 2020. No, sorry. March Mm. through July 2021. Mm. According to the USDA's May 2022 food price outlook report, the last time grocery store price increases were this steep was 2008, 1997, 1980 or 1975. Uh, 1980. 1980, last year of uh, Carter presidency. True or false, Biden says COVID-related supply chain breakdowns are a major contributor to the current inflation spike. True or false? Biden says. Biden says true. Uh, Biden says true. Yes. True or false. During the height of the supply chain shipping crisis in 2021, while there was a huge backlog of container ships waiting to get into U.S. ports, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, took off two months for paternity leave. True or false? Well, he needed he needed to. He was he was he was recovering from his physical pain and ordeal. And the last one, according to the left wing publication Vox, what is a leading cause of the United States skyrocketing inflation not seen in other developed nations? The Ukraine war, supply chain crisis, Biden's 2021 stimulus, the American Rescue Plan, or greedy oil companies? (laughs) I think that would be Biden's 2021 stimulus. Uh, You got five out of five. Mm. You can take this test and share it with your friends. Just go to theblaze.com slash quiz. Theblaze.com slash quiz. Program.